You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making Waves Let's, let's, let's ask it. Well, are you, you going to kick it off then, Jake? Are we started? Are we recording? I'm recording. Straight to the cloud. Oh. Dude, right? Then we're good. We're in making ways. Yeah. I have Matt here from From Ashes and New, who's going to be joining us on Shiprocked. Thankfully, man, I know we tried it before, but the world is upside fucking down. But we're glad we got you now. So things seem to have kind of corrected. And uh, we're looking forward to having you guys, man. So uh, I got a little insider baseball because obviously I did a little time with, with Matt when he was out with uh, Shinedown when I was working for them. So I get to see and hear them every night and hang with them. So very cool to do this, man. So thanks for your time, brother. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I can't say that I'm not a bit concerned that we're going to try and do Shiprock again in another election year, though. So, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here we go. Well, I say, I say if, we, if we were, like, rolling in May, yeah, I could probably see that being, like, uh. <laughs> right, right. We're ahead, we're ahead of the curve here, you know? It's we're like ahead start, of the curve, but, but you're we're right. We're 25. You're, we're doing 24. I got you're it. absolutely <laughs> right, man. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's so, fuck. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but it is no, awesome. No, no, it's quite terrible. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's quite awful. <laughs> um, so, so, dude, maybe, you know, third time's a charm. This is the third time trying to get on the boat, and I, I got a good feeling about this one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're at home, huh? You're at home? Yeah, this is my, this is my lovely basement that I'm in right you, now. It is very lovely, honestly. Oh, basement. I'm in my lovely basement, but it's not as cool. Um, Question what formula for you. do you have on your back wall? What is that like? Uh, the formula it's, for like it's hydrogen? three. What is that? Three, no, three nodes of LSD. Is there that really go. good? Yeah, good call. Hysterical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Um, mom, you didn't hear that. <laughs> so the uh, so your the mom, question I'm going to mom watches often. Fuck yeah, she does. She Tunes in regularly. Her and my father love the ship like with all of their DNA, so they pay attention. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Um, so my question is, is, you just got off tour, right? Like literally what, two weeks ago, a week ago. Am I right? It's been a little longer. Um, okay. I'll say, I don't even know, three, four weeks, maybe something like that. Fuck. Two, three, okay. I don't know. Let's go between two and four, somewhere in there. When you come home to your lovely basement, what is the first thing that you end <laughs> up doing? Like the first day, you know, like depending on the, you know, let's say 24 hours because depending yeah. on when you actually arrive. I do not. What's your what you have your ritual is just like to drop your bags and sit there for 24 hours? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually couldn't even tell you what I do because it's 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 less than nothing. Wow. Like I, I breathe. And then yeah. that's about it, man. For, <laughs> yeah. I try and sleep as, as much as I can. Um you know, I when I'm out on tour, I don't sleep very much. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm up, I'm the first one up on the bus. Um I'm kept up all night long. You know how that goes. 
if I'm trying That's to good. go to bed early, I, I I'm, I'm awake. So mm-hmm. I, I don't sleep that much. I, I'm, I, I drink a lot of coffee. I'm into caffeine pretty heavy out there. And then I come home and I, I it's kind of like a detox of everything. So, um, so the first couple days is, is really kind of just adjusting back to not moving, not hearing a generator all day, every day. Um, yeah. you know, in synchronicity too, cause you have the other buses around you. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 So I'm like trying to adapt to the silence and, uh, you know, my family and everything and just, um, uh, kind of get back into the swing of, you know, being a suburban dad. Oh, <laughs> oh it's dad life too. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my, my son's 15, so it's a little different, but you know. Okay. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, he's like a blown a, a, basically an adult of his own. So he's got his own shit going on, but yeah. Yeah. He's, so that brings up a good question, man. So obviously, we always talk to guys and, and, and women who are, are parents and they're out in the road, they're doing the gig, you're a musician. What's it like for a 15 year old to have their dad in this in this metal band? What's it What's it like? What's this conversation with his friends like? Are they just kind of? It's been happening for so long now, and that's all he remembers, and it's no real big deal anymore. How does that play? Yeah, out? I mean, you know, so in the, so in the beginning when I first started doing this, he didn't get it, right? Like, even though we were doing big tours and going out and playing in arenas and doing whatever we were doing, like he didn't he didn't understand it. He was so young. Um, and then as it progressed, he didn't like he started to understand it and he just simply didn't care. Like I wasn't a famous yeah. YouTuber, so he didn't give a shit, you know? Yeah. It's like it's like, dude, you're not Dan TT TDM or whatever it was. <laughs> like you're you're not the, the diamond mine cart, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, he didn't care. And then it kind of went into like, oh, this is pretty cool. My dad does this, but it's cool for me. I don't really care about anybody else and what they think. So it's kind of like an evolution, right? So now we're at a, a point where he sees it, he gets it, he loves it, he plays music of his own, and now he's starting to learn that his friends in school actually listen to us. So I think that, you know, that makes makes it all the the more cooler so to hear that his friends got us on their Spotify or on their playlists or whatever. So I, I still don't think he's not the type of dude that, like, brags or does anything like that. Like, he's just, you know... He's all about like what he's doing. And if it comes up, he thinks it's a really cool thing. He likes to be involved as much as he can, but he really does have a lot of his own stuff going on. He's in marching band. He's in jazz band. He's in symphonic orchestra. He's like doing all that stuff. So he's very consumed so much to, to not give a damn about what I'm doing. With those three disciplines, his skill set for musicianship is already his pathway. He's already kind of there. I mean, yeah. he sticks with those are all super hard and uh, God, marching band stuff especially synchronicity and everything else you need with that yeah and he he plays uh he plays drums so in, in the what? marching band he's playing tenor <laughs> I did um, oh, he did. Yes. which is funny because he knows more about like music theory than i do and like i produce and i write and i do all that stuff but i do everything based on feel and i do everything based on like how you know everything goes together and how it vibes and he knows like all this music theory and he'll just come in and be like dad do you know how to do this and this is this one thing and this and i'm like dude i have no clue I have no clue what you're doing. He's like, oh, I know more than you, huh? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like dude, it's like, I, yes, yes, you should. But also remember, like, music's about how you feel. Like, it's yeah. about, you know, it's about connecting. So he's kind of got the best of both, which excites me. Because he gets older to see, like, how much better he actually is than I am at, you know, at music. It's funny the way you mentioned the progression of his interest in what you do. It's kind of like any kid with a parent. Like, you know, when you're five, you're relying on when you're, 12 you're eh, i'm gonna go play with my friends when you're 18 dad don't don't just don't be at home when i come with this girl and then when you get to 30 you're like hey you know what my parents are actually really cool 
Right, <laughs> right. You know, right. It's, it's a progression, but his is obviously a little, uh, it has to be a little expedited, expedited because of, you know, that's today's world. Yeah. Well, the good yeah. news is, is we, we had him super young. So like when he's 30, I'm still going to be, you know, pretty young and pretty cool. I hope. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, hope. Yeah, I mean, th- you're only three years away from empty uh, nest syndrome too, right? Is that what they, they call it? I don't have a kid, so I don't yeah. know what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've already made it pretty clear to him that he's allowed to live here forever. So what? So cool is that or whatever, man. I wish my dad had told me that. He's you're my that homie, dad? man. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere. That's <laughs> Do well, you hear him practicing marching band? I just got one quick quick question yeah. and I'll segue into this one part. Do you hear him? Does he is he at home doing Oh yeah. Play? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right beside me right here is his drum kit, literally directly beside me. Amazing. And then on the other side of the room over there are his tenors. So he's constantly like, I mean, he's in marching. I mean, if if you know anything about marching, like I do. He's he's rarely home. Yeah. So like, you know, marching band consumes, I mean, he goes to school and then he gets home and then he's got to be at marching band two and a half hours later, actually two hours later. And then he does that until he comes home and does his homework and goes to bed. He does that five nights a week, plus football games on Fridays and competitions on Saturdays. So, I mean, like he's rarely here when marching bands going on. Yeah. I got him. You know, uh, I was in marching band too, but like currently right now as a 40 year old man, I forgot like the, you just, you just obviously nailed it on the head because you have a fucking kid in marching band, but I'm at the end of the, a street that has a fucking high school and it's prime time. Right. You know? So every day we hear, uh, they're doing a uh, cold play, multiple cold play songs, which is really, I, that would That's have never the director there. Their, their choices, man. Right, I, right. I love hearing the director's choices. I'm like, Oh, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> man. Great. It's funny to hear this talk about Martian Man's because during all that was going on, I was probably out in the parking lot in my car listening to Diary of a Madman on cassette. However, <laughs> we all chose different paths in high school. <laughs> finger, tw- finger, wide. I was in, I was in nothing but hip hop in high school. Like awesome. you could, you could. Yeah, well, it obviously, it shows. It shows in your in your vocal delivery for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. um, what was your favorite? I mean, give me your top five. You think that if you had a five disc CD changer, uh, high school, what were those? What were those discs? Um, well, before I got, so I would say my senior year is when I started getting into metal. Okay. Um, but before that, if I was just listening to hip hop, I mean, Eminem yeah. was at the top of the list. I mean, that's when he was like at the top of his game. Yeah. Um, uh, Tupac, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. Um, man, I got so many. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, with B.I.G. Yeah. Just, just because you said five. So there's four and I know they're all like the top. I'm going to try to give something a little bit more obscure. Um, I'm going to go with, man, hold on. I, I got to give you something obscure. Let me, let me just dig in. It's been a, it's been a minute. Um, let's go with the lost boys. Okay. Yeah, that that, that, is that with a Z. Was, is that with a Z? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that album. <laughs> yeah. You know the song Renee? Yeah. 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 It, my, it's so funny. Do, did you ever, Matt, did you ever find yourself like, hey, you know what? I like this, but I wonder what like Curtis Blow sounds like or De La Soul or any of those guys. I you listen ever, to De La Soul. Okay. I was gonna say, did you revert back to like that eight early eighties sound ever? Yeah, I listened. I listened to De La Soul. It wasn't until they really came out with some newer stuff, though, in like the the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Curtis Blow was. I had 
I had a, like, it was like a basketball. I don't even remember what it was for, but it was like a basketball soundtrack. It might've been for uh, the NBA or something. And it had yeah. like naughty by nature and like yeah. Curtis blow was on it. Yeah. And he had one song on there that I actually really liked, but then I went and I kind of like started digging into his discography. Like after I listened to it and I was like, Oh, this is kind of corny for me. Like it was yeah. just, you know, the flows had evolved so much like the Eminem, Bone Thugs, Tupac, that era. DMX, man, DMX should have been in my top five. That era, like, you know, the flows and the beats and everything had evolved so much that when I would go back and listen to that earlier stuff, I would go, oh man, this is, this sounds so easy to do. Like, it just right. sounds so simple. Yeah, it's yeah. funny though. You mentioned the corny that, or like LL Cool J and Run DMC, uh, even like Boogie Down Productions, are very, very corny when you listen to it now because it was, again, much different world and even in the streets back in the 80s, right? Yeah. I mean, LL Cool J, though, man, like he still holds his, his own place in, in some regards, man. That Shocks mama said, bells. knock you out yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm like eight years old. Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so you I mean, mentioned just... senior, senior year in metal. What, what, what were you digging in, in metal when you were a senior in high school? Um, I what, mean, what, what brought you to the fold? metal at that point, right? So, okay. like, Lincoln Park is obviously what crossed me over. Yeah. Um, my sister, she had listened. She she grew up in like grunge and stuff like that. So, like, she was constantly Pearl Jam was her favorite band. But then, like, all the friends that she hung out with was like Metallica and Alice in Chains and like all that mm -hmm. stuff. So, I was always kind of around it. But because it was my older sister and her friends, I was like, nah, I don't. Know. I don't want to do it. So that's why, you know, I, I kind of gravitated toward, gravitate towards hip hop and she listened to metal. Um, but then new metal came out and it was like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, all right, you can mix all this together. You can, you can mix rap and you can mix rock together and be incredibly angry and also, you know, relate to the things that I can more so relate to as a teenager. Like, you know, some of the stuff that I was listening to in gangster rap, like I, I couldn't relate to that stuff. You know, I loved it and I, I loved the culture and I loved like, you know, the stories that a lot, you know, the stories that Tupac would tell and things like that were fantastic, but I couldn't relate to, you know, the gang violence and things like that. Cause where I came up, it, it didn't really, didn't really go that way. So when you got stuff like new metal and you got all these like angry, angsty teens that are like, fuck the system and fuck school and fuck my parents. And you know, all that. I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm with that. You know? So, <laughs> so, you know, I got, I got into the, the corns and the Lincoln parks and the limp biscuits and, you know, all those bands from the, the, late 90s to the early 2000s the secret to all that music regardless of the angst and everything was you know what they still kept the danceable right? <laughs> yeah right you right. gotta move you gotta you know you know the movement brings the girls it's, it's all still, about the head still nod, the, man. yeah still still the rule of thumb with rock does it bring yeah. the ladies out yeah we, we write songs like I, one of the most important things for me when writing music is is to to make sure that the head nods there and if yeah. you lose the head, you know, if you lose the head nod, then then nine times out of 10, you're going to lose the the um, fair weather listening. Right. Like they're mm -hmm. just kind of there for the vibe, mm -hmm. um, you know, so so that that is incredibly important. Right. The, the vibe is, is important. That's one of the reasons why I, I've never got into certain artists like is because like it's a little too experimental for me. Um, and I'm I'm more so someone who just, you know, feels the beat or feels the song or feels the lyric um but it is all about the delivery and if it's being delivered in a strange way sometimes my brain my adhd just can't handle all those changes and this is just kind of taps out yeah yeah radiohead's not going to keep the arena bouncing <laughs> it's going to keep them crying 
It's going to keep uh, it crying and, and, <laughs> and contemplating. <laughs> contemplation. I'm guilty of only knowing like three of their songs. So, <laughs> you're good. You're so good. I wouldn't know. When when you when you segued over, besides the obvious, what you said, Lincoln Park and all of the things that were happening. I'm a new metal kid. I grew up. Mm-hmm. Seems like we grew up in the same same era. Um, when you segued over, right, and your chain, your 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 tastes were changing. Was your style as a human, you know, like how you presented yourself? Were you going through those, um, I guess, significant changes at the time? And then after high school, uh, what did you what did you end up doing? I guess, did you start doing music on your own or, or were you uh, in a place where you weren't there yet? So, I mean, I've done music since I was like, I mean, I've always been obviously a fan and I've always rapped along with my favorite artists since I was really little. And I started writing my own stuff when I was like 15. But I think after high school, I retired my Jenkos, um, put them away, you know, it was a sad day. It's, it's good to see people are starting to rock them again. I like that. <laughs> um <laughs> Dude, I see uh, you know, all I never, time. What's that? I see him all the time. I, I DJ this thing called Sugar, which is a new metal. Like it's like emo night, but for new metal, right? And these kids are like your kids' age. And well, a little older because it's coming plus. back. It's coming they back. show up in them. I'm like, how'd you get those? You know. Anyways, dude, uh, I mean, shit, you not, dude. I just walked by an Urban Outfitters getting back to this hotel, and it was Jenko, Yaga, and Stussy. I was are you like, kidding? what? Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. I was like, Happy Mondays out. Where's that album at? I mean, yeah. it's just bro, I mean, like, bro. Did they really have Jenkos? Yeah, yeah, they're Jenkos because yeah. they it's such fast fashion there, right? It's like in and out. I'm like, how do you guys keep inventory? Even you must be always things are always on sale the next week because <laughs> like it's so it's so sick though, man. Like I love hearing I, that, it, that stuff's coming yeah. back. Oh I yeah, it. dude. I mean, Jenko style. What are the other? There's some other pants that they're flared out. Oh, they covered your South shoes. Pole. Yeah, South Pole. Ooh. Yeah. I, I wore a lot Airwalk. Of Airwalk had the suede kind of skate shoes with like the yeah. different patterns, look like bowling shoes. Yeah, just oh god. See, I awful. had this like hybrid fashion going on where I wore like Jenko and Boss and South Pole, which really didn't kind of mesh together. And then I did uh like this brand. I really like this brand called Damani Dada. And then they had this like uh these jeans that were made by like Johnny Blaze. Oh, but there yeah. was like you, you remember Johnny Blaze? They oh, were like insanely yeah, expensive jeans, but so I had this like very, so it's kind of like new metal, right? Like I had this very, um, back in, in high school and, and, um, maybe a little bit after I had this, this, this blended clothing that I was wearing. It was like this very hybrid, you know, no pun intended to the, one of the greatest albums of the early two thousands, <laughs> but I had this very hybrid, uh, the vibe going on with the, with the style that I was wearing. So like, um, so yeah, I mean, new metal kind of, kind of paved that way for me as, as, um, as a teenager and an individual. And, you know, I had gotten into a lot of trouble when I was younger. Uh, so as you were asking, you know, after high school and going into my twenties, what was I doing is that I was trying to focus a little bit more on, um, not getting into trouble and trying to figure out a life for myself, but you know, nothing really clicked. I never really, you know, I worked jobs. I would get good at things because I'm like hyper-focused on like, when I do something, I'm hyper-focused on doing it to my fullest ability and doing it as best as I can possibly do it. So even if it's a shitty job that I hated, I would try and be, you know, the best at that job. But nothing ever stuck. I never really, like, actually loved anything as much as I love music. So I just kept focusing on on doing this behind the scenes when I was working jobs and doing all those things, hoping that one day I would get a break and a chance to to do this for a living. And, you know, I came and I took it and, and ran with it. Can I ask you how it came? 
Like you, um, when yeah, I say that, so, I mean, you know, cause it's kind of like, yeah, apropos, but you know. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, I'd been in local bands forever and I actually switched from rapping early on to playing guitar. So like that came full swing with new metal as well. Like I picked up a guitar and it sucked so terribly, but again, hyper-focused OCD. I wouldn't put it down. I played literally till my fingers would bleed, just trying to figure things out. Um, and then I kind of wrapped that into a little bit of piano knowledge and figuring out how to, to program things on the computer. And, you know, again, what sounded good and what felt good. Cause I wasn't trained at all. Like I had no idea, like, you know, theory, there was no training. Um, and then all my bands kind of just, you know, every local band never really made it right. I mean, it's always like uh, one or two guys that really want to do something. And then the rest of everybody else is kind of like, they really want it, but they don't really want to work for it. So we never really made it out. So I decided, um, I was like, you know what, this is going to be my last effort. I'm going to put together a band. I'm going to rap in this band, which is completely off the wall from what I had done for the last 10 years before that. So like, I'm going to rap in this band. I'm going to write songs for this band. I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to get some guys around the area that I know are really good to come in and be a part of the recording process of mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, so I had recorded a couple songs and we put them out on Facebook just for the local people, just cause we were excited with what we were doing. And, uh, someone must've posted it on a, uh, a Facebook post for Octane and Vinny from Octane found it, stumbled upon it, started spinning it. I woke up the next day. Our page had a couple thousand likes on it just from like uh, local people that had followed all of our local bands. And I woke up one day. And I saw our page had gone up like 16,000 likes overnight. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? And then there was like comments like, I love your single on Octane. And I had listened to Octane prior to that, but I had, I didn't have Siri. So I didn't really know what it was. And I only ever heard it like when I was working on the dock at my one job and I didn't really put it together. So I'm like, what the hell is Octane? So I'm like searching the internet. What is Octane? What's going on? I'm like, I found out we were on Sirius XM. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, we weren't even like a band. It was just three dudes at that point. So I'm like, holy shit, like we finally got this break now, you know, and that was at that point was when I was like, all right, now I need to take this and I need to turn it into something like it needs to be a band. We need to to, to focus in on like this because it's it's working. People apparently like it. So let's uh, try and evolve it and take it to the next level. That's yeah, you, fucking you, tight. Yeah, you mentioned some of you guys didn't have their heart in it earlier and they left, whatever. It's super hard. I mean, thread the needle to find plan A, guys. Yep. This is this is it. I got no plan B. I'm not resting. I, I'm not going to you know, bug out and go do what I think. I, I'll go work at the warehouse or go do whatever the hell they're going to do. It's like this or nothing, right? This or death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to find that. Dude, yeah. it, it is even at a professional level. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. and we, we went from the band that we were talking that I just explained that whole scenario to you, and, like, we got – you know, the opportunity, which was what everybody in the band at that point in time was, was searching for, right? Like we were all local musicians that always wanted the opportunity. Um, and we got the opportunity and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the opportunity that we grew up thinking that it was right. Like, I think that if we had gotten the opportunity 10 years prior, because this band got found in, in 2013, 2014, around in there. Had we had done it 10 years prior, I think it probably would have been like, here's your million dollar record deal. Here's all your money. Like you're on MTV. Things are blowing up. But like, you know, we decided to do this style of music when it was basically dead, yeah. you know? So, so there was like the first year or two of, of, 
you know, getting success and then touring. And, and then everyone was kind of like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I would just kept saying like, hold on, hold on. Like, just give it some time, work as hard as you can, like put everything that you have into this and eventually it'll pay off. And, and mm-hmm. unfortunately the original lineup didn't last. Um, you know, there was a lot of other things. That was one of the big things though. Again, you know, plan a guys, like you were saying, like, you know, getting everybody to, to be all in on it was, it was a, a, an issue early on. So, but now we've got that group of guys. Now we got that group of guys. This is their plan. A, this is all that we're doing. This is what we put everything into. Of course, we have our lives outside of what we do, but this is our job, our career, our passion and everything we've worked for, for the last 20 years. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you, 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 you kind of threaded it because you said if you had done this 10 years ago, yes, you would have probably gotten those contracts and stuff like that. Right now you'd be owing somebody something. (laughs) <laughs> you know the label that gave you that you know and you would be you'd be flat out because you weren't in that kind of whatever was going on musically now i mean sick new world just showed us that there's such a demand for this stuff where those big you know sixty thousand people show up to hear music that happened i know everything's secular but some of it, it it's not like oh, okay in a year this is going to be something else this might stick you know this this is where audiences are right now you know they they want that sound you have the roots in in yeah. The, yeah. the core of what the sound is right and now on top of that flipping it on its head to where you come from where you switched gears right here it is full circle i mean like i said i dj these nights and they're all kids you know i go out and i expect it to be i'm 40 right i expected people to be like my age and maybe a few years younger and every time i see 20 to 25 year olds in this fucking room Seen like you know when I yeah, exactly so like you're in a you're in a unique space and I have to at least bring it back to that that moment where you broke, um, unbeknownst to you without the effort it speaks to the song, which is ultimately right what carries the legacy forever you know right uh, yeah. no matter no matter where you go after that you got you got uh, a ma- a massive programmer to not only spin your song but must have spent it spun it in rotation so many times at that point in time that people wanted to hear it more and figure out who it was yep. so now your your opportunity right it's not you could say plan a and I, i'm a plan a guy i've been it my whole fucking life you know and i found that i had to move things around and figure out things and you know some people left thrown along the way but the whole point of that was whole point of what i'm getting at is when you <laughs> take that plan a and you're thinking about the way it used to be just like justin says you don't own the money but now you have the legacy and the legacy like brings you to today 2013 yeah. 10 years later you're still doing it off the whim of the oopsies didn't yeah. know that was going to happen you know yeah. and now you're in a space to like really to really punch a hole through that you know mm-hmm. and fucking claim yeah. a fucking piece of the space yeah i mean we even wrote a song called legacy based off that you know yeah it's on, our, it's on our new record um because okay. it's important right the music is your legacy everything else that you do doesn't really at, at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna be dirt you're gonna be ash you know what i mean like it's not gonna matter but you can yeah. leave behind your legacy and that's that's what this is for us and you know touching base on 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 what was said previously about how this is coming back in the sick new world and um you know how you're seeing the 20 to 25 year olds i really think that that's because of the state of the world yeah. i think that this music is cathartic i think this music is like you know i and, and the reason that i know that is just because when i was a teenager i was fucked up man like and, and i needed something to to other than drugs and medicine 
to calm me down, like, or to kind of put me in a place that made me feel like I, I, I belonged. And yeah. this style of music did that for me. And I feel like, uh, you know, I lost, I don't know that I lost, maybe I kind of overcame that person that I was. Um, and things changed for me as I was, you know, as, as my life went on. Um, uh, but recently over the course of the last couple of years, I, I think that I've returned to that angry headspace again. And, you know, when we were writing this record, uh, Blackout, that we just released about a month or two ago, um, I was fucking mad, man. Like, I was really angry when we were writing that record. And it's been it's been our most successful record to date since its release. And I think it's just because the the genuine angst and anger that is in there that everybody, regardless of what aisle you're walking down or path you're walking down, everyone's feeling that right now. And they need an outlet to go to. And I've always said, like, listen, I listen to pop music. I listen to all that. But that, like, with all the happy lyrics going on and shit, like, I'm I'm out drinking to that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm having a good time to that. I'm not listening to that in my own space going, how do I get my fucking head right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, like, and I, I feel like this music really helps do that. That's why Eminem's the goat to me, man. Because he always, like, he you know, he would write, like, funny songs and shit. They'd be funny as hell. But he would also write those real songs like The Way I Am that came out like the perfect time when I was a teenager. Like I needed that song. I needed yeah. to hear that you could just be yourself and like it didn't really matter what people on the outside thought. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the anger as a, as a kid, like a teenager, you're just prone to that. Your hormones are going, you're growing, you're, everything's changing within you and you know, you're kind of fighting within yourself. Like growth spurts, everything affects your mood and, you know, whether people have acne or whatever, just growing up is just full of rage because of that useful energy. But then when you become an adult and you're a tax paying father, you're like, mm -hmm. fuck, we're getting fucked with here on a lot of mass scale by yeah. other adults. Yeah. It rises back up, but now it's a mature anger. Like, how do I harness this? How do yeah. I make this into a clarion call for others who feel like me? Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. It's one thing you used to be turned on by bands. Now you're in a position where you can be that mouthpiece for someone else, right? Yeah, yeah. for it's sure. Weird how that how that happens. But uh, the funny thing about this style of music, the music you do, is like if we were if you were like an extreme metal band or death metal band, that has a sh the short. Even if it's popular for a time being, I won't name names. It has a short lifespan because it just can't draw on a large audience. It just can't. Right. It, it's not tuneful enough. The style you guys do, like you said, you get the head nod, male, female, equally attracted to it. It's got a beat to it. It's got balance, got a little sexiness to it. So it's got it's got legs, right? And these kids are coming from EDM going, you know, I like EDM, but it's just a guy with it. I need something a little bit more humane. At least instruments to me feel like a little closer to humanity than some turntable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's all, yeah. sick to see, man. I love so it. So all of that, dude, you guys got a new record out. We do. Yeah. We do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blackout, man. And you mentioned Sirius. Sirius is last onto this album. Not just one track, but a lot of the record, and they're they're running with it. And it's gotten to a point now where these strong support slots have now put you to a point where you're headlining. And you're yeah. taking out bands that are growing underneath you that are hoping to be you in five years. Right? Catch Your Breath or whoever. Yeah. It's hoping to be you. Yeah, man. It's... it's uh. It's sick, dude. I mean, there's, there's no, you know, you work your ass off, right? Yeah. Like, and if you don't, you're not here, right? I mean, so it's like, you know, 
you work your ass off, you put everything into it. I've, I've missed so much at home. I've missed so much of, you know, my personal life. And I've, you know, I, I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. I, I sit home and I'm like, what friends do I call? Oh yeah. I don't really fucking have any because I've been working so hard at this for the last however many years that like, you know, everyone's doing different stuff now, you know what I mean? So like, so to see it pay off, and, you know, begin to pay off or whatever um, is is a feeling that's um, not explainable. But, you know, I, I've been thinking of I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I mentioned it a lot. I don't know if you do you know who Finn McKinty is. Fuck yeah. OK, so Finn McKinty, he does the punk rock NBA. Um, so it's it's you know, I watch his stuff from time to time, but every now and again, we'll get tagged in something or whatever and and, and I'll check it out. But he was talking about like pop and rap and how like every two to three years, there seems to be like a new front runner. There seems to be someone who's big, who's on top, who's headlining arenas. And he was talking about rock and metal. And he was like, we need bands like that because a lot of the bands that are doing these arenas, you know, been the same bands for the last 20, 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And and he was he was saying that someone had said something to him when he had brought that up and they were like, yeah, but what about bring me the horizon? Like they're starting to do it and they're a new band. And he's like, dude, they've been around for 20 years. Yeah. He's like, it's not like, you know, like, like rap and pop where it legitimately is every two to three years, an artist comes up and then boom, they're sitting on top of the biggest stages in the world. Like it really takes like, you know, you think that bring me the horizons, a new band, but they've been a band for over 20 years. Hmm. So that, that gives me a little peace of mind into what we're doing. And it, and it makes me feel good about what we're doing. Cause I mean, in reality, we didn't start touring until 2015. So, and in the band itself, we went through a complete member change almost in 2016. 2017 is when Danny came into the band, our singer. So, in reality, the way that we look at it is, is we've only been a band for six years. So, to see, you know, him say something about 20 years is something that it takes bring to the horizon and the turnover rate in the rock world we're still a baby band, man. (laughs) You know, we're just getting started. So I I don't hate that idea, you know, because I, I, that just means that we've got a lot more to look forward to and we've got a lot of longevity ahead of us. You know, you mentioned the longevity, these bands that are still like been doing it 20 years that are the ones, the elder statesmen are still filling the arenas is because a, they came of, they came of kind of spotlight or when their time happened for them, the people who, kind of grew with them were always going to concerts and they still go to concerts, but now they're bringing their kids. So that gives the band extended shelf life, right? Cause now the kids yeah. are in it and the kids, when dad falls off, his son will keep going to maiden because that was their thing or whoever. So sure. it just kind of keeps building this, that the legacy thing comes back. So that's going to be for when, whether it's you guys or bring the horizon or avenged or whoever is going to have to be the one where they basically, they're going to have to stick with it long enough to where those parents fade off and the kids have been taken to the shows run with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's, there, it, it mean, look, they, 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 Pantera came back and that they're, they're headlining now. It's just like, there's the world is looking for that next, those next big hard rock bands to come out and kind of fill those voids. Yeah, I think it's so weird when I see a comment. It's like, I listen to you guys when I'm in high school. I just graduated college. Your song helped me get through it. I'm like, Jesus, God. Like, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've loved you since I was nine. I'm now graduating. I know, right? It's, it's <laughs> weird. It's, uh, it's, it's just, God damn. The craziest uh, thing, too, that I think of that, that uh, I mean, Matt, you probably 
understand will understand exactly where I'm coming from. Justin, you, you probably will, but the infrastructure was different than two. Like hearing new music, you were relegated to either looking at liner notes and figuring out who these bands were or listening to the radio or whatever version of the direct to consumer pipeline there was for, for new music. Well, now you have a ton of ways to discover things, right? So when you're out there touring and selling hard tickets in 2023 period, uh, it's, it's not like a, a a wayward listener. This is a this is a person who who subscribes to what you're doing, and that building that is way fucking different than having a song on the radio on AAA or Active Rock back in the or even the early two thousands. You know, where like that will if you get enough spins, you hit number one, you're going to continue that ride because exactly. Then it kicks in exactly what you said, Justin. Now you have the uh, the parents who have the kids and all of that stuff. You're sort of, in a way, not that they're not working hard, so don't think of, think about it this way, but you're sort of gifted a potential, at least, based upon what you do with that gift to ride the lightning, if you will, where, you know, a band like y'all, when you're coming up with all of these other uh, distractions, right, all these other things, you have to cut through the noise, A, and that means you have to have great songs, but B, you have to have staying power for the fans to uh, to to bite, to put their hooks in in you. And then ultimately, like when you're selling merchandise uh, over the ten years of of being a band and doing as much touring as you have, it's a way different fucking uh, situation than like a pop off on on Spotify or our TikTok song, and you're never going to sell a fucking piece. Of it. They don't even understand what that fucking infrastructure is like. That's a whole other fucking game. So I have to give it at least, not even just at least, I have to give credit to y'all and everybody that's in this space that has become headliners uh, through the noise, you know? It's fucking yeah. crazy to think about. You know, you said Iron Maiden. It's like, okay. Well, dude, yeah. I mean, that, that's all stuff. I mean, buddy, you mentioned the infrastructure back then. It was like winners and losers. There was, mm -hmm. again, you had the radio, you had terrestrial radio, you had magazine covers, and you didn't have internet. You basically had people talk and shop. So for every Def Leppard, there's 30 bands that were probably as good. They just didn't yeah. get pushed by Polygram. Loud right? Cheetah, you know? Yeah, every Def yeah, Leppard, there's a Loud know, Cheetah. Why is it loudness loud massive? Why didn't Loudness sell as many records as Quiet Riot? The debuts were fucking similar. It's just one of those things. And But Matt, what, where you guys are, you can look at, and that's the thing to ask, I'm going to ask you here in a minute, is that you're up against gaming. You're up against sports, you're up against fantasy, you're up against gambling, you're up against online everything, yet you're still breaking through. And that's just like, that again comes back to what Chad says, the songs, which is about the human element. You have a good song, you got, you're got you going to have a career. Now you just have to have the What you guys clicks. are playing, what are you playing, the, the Missouri State Fair in 20 years, you got that one song that's going to still keep Kevin, those 5,000 people coming out to see you. You need the, yeah, but you need the Matt's heart. You need the heart of people like that who are like, yeah. I've been here since 2013. At 2017, I call it real. But you had four years of fucking being like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? Yeah. That yeah, shit's I mean, crazy. You know, this style, I think, was one of the hardest choices. You know, it was like, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many days I sat and went, why the fuck did I choose this style of music? <laughs> like, you know, well, and, and, and there was a lot of people that were like, why did you choose this style of music? Right. And I just had to keep believing in it because I loved it so much. And I tell people this all the time. It's like, you know, I'm a fan first of this style. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why I did it is because I love this style so much. And there was, to me, there wasn't enough of it. 
Like there was, you know, you had Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, kind of, right? Like, you know, I, for all the Limp Biscuit fans, I don't mean kind of. They were good at what they did, but I mean like the the more heady style rap with the, you know, the 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 more metalcore style music and the the electronic instruments. It's not quite what Limp Biscuit is. More so, Lincoln Park or Hollywood Undead. Um, you know, I mean, you there can you say go. Rage Against the Machine, but again, uh, not not really. I mean, you can kind of say all these other things, but really there's only a couple bands that did it. And that was the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to do it. It was like, it, we need more of this. Like we need more of this music. And then I did it and come to find out at that point in time, they didn't want any more of it. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Wait. But now it's like, everybody's starting to do it. Hmm. Everybody's starting to mix rap and rock together. And I haven't been one of those like, you know, mouthpieces that sits on my mountain and goes, you know what? I've been doing this since everyone said it wasn't cool. You know, I, I'm just grateful that that everyone's starting to do it. I think it's that, funny. That, that's funny. Because it kind of mirrors bands like Killswitch, which take the guttural with the melodic, right? They're not rapping. They're just going to melodic voice. Guttural, usually same vocalist doing it, which is super cool, super hard. I can imagine he's raw at the end of every evening. But... It's so funny, Matt. You just talked about it. you just there were very few bands. There's a lot that got lumped into what like Lincoln Park was doing. Cold Chamber, they're lumped into it, weren't doing that. Slipknot, no, they're not doing that sound. Right. I started thinking about it, going, man, you know what? There's only really a handful. We're, we're, we're led to believe that everyone was doing rap rock kind of like crossover stuff, and quite honestly, they weren't. No, I mean, you know, people, you know, like Horn did stuff with like Ice Cube, you know what I mean? Like they had sure. people that featured on the songs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and there was some stuff like Nonpoint did some like really kind of like rappy sound and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and even Mudvayne did that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but it never really was like hip hop mixed with it. And then that was what really brought me over. Right. Because I was a hip hop head. So it was like, you know, the fact that Mike Shinoda was actually doing like like straight hip hop. It wasn't like this, like more new metal vibe. It was, it was rock mixed with metal mixed with hip hop mixed with electronic stuff. And that's what really brought me over. So when I see people like, Oh yeah, you know, but this has been out and it's been done and everyone's done it. It's like, come on, man. Like really, how many people have actually really done this? There hasn't been a lot. So like my biggest influence to do this style was actually Hollywood undead, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and like, so I had listened to Lincoln Park, grew up with them, loved them, right? Still do. Um, but then like, I kind of got announced that I really got into metalcore. Like I was really into like asking Alexandria of Mice and Men. Like I was really into that kind of stuff. Um, and then I stumbled upon Hollywood Undead one day and like, I, I was listening to their stuff and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like we need more of this shit. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so good. Like we need more of it. And those dudes are full of like, you know, angst and attitude and like the shit that they say, like, Ooh, I can't believe they said that. Like, I, I love that, you know? So it was like, yeah. I really want to do this. And that's when I decided to put this band together and rap. I was like, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do rap and rock. I'm going to mix it together. Um, but you know, it's like I said, it's funny when I see people say like, Oh, you know, it, that's overdone. Like really it's not. Or like, Oh, you're just trying to be Lincoln park. And it's like, no, you, you say that because there's only like four bands in the existence of this genre that do this. So of course you're going to compare us to the greatest one to ever do it. Like I, I get that we're, you know, th that that's going to end up happening, but it's like, you know, how many bands do grunge rock? How many bands do post post grunge? How many bands do metalcore? How many, you know what I mean? It's not like every time you hear a metalcore band, you go, well, oh, that shit's already been done. You know what I mean? It's like, 
you know, every time you hear a, a post grunge band, you go, shit, that's already been done. Well, if, I mean, if that were the case, then Nickelback, Nickelback might not exist or Cedar might not exist or, you know, those types of bands might not exist because people just shitting all over it. So, right. you know, for me, I don't give a fuck. I love this style of music and I, 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 I knew it needed more. And, and I'm just glad that I'm able to um, to be a part of it. And I'm glad that people like our music enough to, to put us in the category. You know, you mentioned Linkin Park. <laughs> the one thing that people always leave out of that that kind of conversation is like, Linkin Park's not around anymore. <laughs> and yeah. people, as much as they love that band, they're like, God, I really wish there was something out there that kind of kept that alive because I really enjoyed that and I need a 2.0 version of it. And there's kids that weren't around or like listening to music at that time or of that age where they had it. So like, I keep hearing of this band. It's like, hey, man, it's like Zeppelin. You know, fuck. Zeppelin's not around. I'll take the Black Crows. They sound kind of similar. Not a rock. You know? Great I'm not going to just... Yeah, so why can't I like a band that's been influenced by a band who doesn't exist anymore? That's kind of how music works. Clash isn't around anymore, so I'll listen to Green Day because they're around. They're an active yeah. band. So, yeah, I mean, I think Linkin Park was it was pretty sacred to a lot of people. Um and, and because they were really the only one in, his, in their existence, like there was mm -hmm. really nothing else that sounded like it, I think it became even more sacred. Yeah. Um, I think that that's starting, you know, that wall is starting to come down, and that's why we're seeing the resurgence of rap and rock. Um, and people are really starting to to love it a lot more. But could you imagine if you had that mindset when Biggie and Pac died? Yeah. Like, well, you know, East Coast, West Coast rappers, they're dead. We can't have any more of this. It needs to go away, retire it. You know what I mean? Like so many great rappers would have never existed then. Like if we yeah. would just like, oh, that's already been done. I don't want to hear it anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I agree yeah. with you, man. Like I, I just, I just want more. I'm glad to see, you know, I, I can, I can beat that horse way long after it's dead. I'm just very glad to see um, people are doing it more and more often. Yeah. Uh, so you get the tour coming up. What from, trans kind of shifting from being open or doing these arena shows to going in and, and doing your show. What, what do you have to do? You change stage produ production. Are you guys bringing something new into the element. You having video what's going on. Or you don't want to give away too many surprises. No, I mean, like we're going to do a bigger production, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I mean, when we were out with shine down, those guys are so cool. They're just like, yeah, bring whatever. As long as you can get it on stage and off stage in time, you can use yeah. whatever you want. Um, which is a, a really good mentality to have as a headliner. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're in the position that they're in is because, you know, they don't feel like they're threatened by anything. They can go out and have their show and just be like, yo, yeah, fuck yeah, we're shined down. And we want you guys to come up and be a big band as well. So here's your opportunity. So um, that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're going out on, on our headliner. We're bringing, you know, more production than what we did with shine down. We did a lot. That's the most production mm -hmm. we ever did when we did the shine down tour. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's different size venues, right? And sure, uh, we got to try and figure out we have a a rig, b rig, c rig for different venues and whatever we can do. But I, I think that what's more important is is that we've got more time now, and we've got uh, the opportunity to really kind of dial in the specifics of what we're trying to do um, when it comes to the production and, and how that goes along with the songs and the music. And we've got you know we've got an hour and a half or whatever we're an hour 15 minutes hour and a half like we've got enough time to really be able to plan the show like when you do the openers it's great because you get the opportunity to get in front of people who may not have known that you existed and be able to showcase your best songs as to what the the, the general public think your best songs are 
Um, but you got 30 minutes, man. You know what I mean? It's like you, you got 30 minutes. You got to put it all together, do it real fast and hope that it hits. And and now we've got the opportunity to much like building a record. We've got the opportunity to put a story together and uh, and take that on stage and, and, and do something that we've never done before, simply because the budgets hadn't been there before or the stages hadn't been big enough or we just hadn't had the opportunity to headline to that, that level. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your dates and I'm like, Oh yeah. So you, you know, you're going to the Clyde theater one day to Flint uh, machine shop the next day. And, and that's, 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 that's exactly what this tour touring in this space is like, you're going to be popping off in in markets doing 1200, 1500, 2000 tickets. And then you're going to be selling out smaller rooms in these like BC markets like Flint. Right. And you have to be prepared because each that's the fucking best dude. That's the best. Cause each night is a new opportunity. It's not the same rigmarole where you walk out and know your cues. You have to play off your environment. You don't carry yeah. your rig. The rig yeah. is there. You know, those are the, those are the best that they might be frustrating, sometimes but that's when you really figure out what the fuck is going on with you with you yeah, as a the machine shop's like the d-rig that's like the yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, like, like i have no idea what we're going to use we're going to figure that out when we get there <laughs> yeah i'm just looking at it. i'm like oh yeah man this yeah. is fun this is like you get to like i love those tours as a fan you know, when I get to see, you know, like a like a turnstile, right? Y'all go see them. Saw them before they popped off, you know, right when they were just about to pop off. It's been a fan for a while. I saw them in like a 300 cap room. A couple months later, see them in like a 1500 cap room. Like, how do you do that? You know, yeah. and then have all those people leave with the same feeling as the 300 and the 1300 cap room. When they leave, it's like, I'm not going to miss the next show. You know, and that's yeah. like up to you. You know, it's cool. I'm stoked it, for you guys. Yeah, the, the thing there is funny. The math on that, you're like three hundred to fifteen hundred. How do you get that fifteen hundred to five thousand? How do you get that to twenty thousand? Right? That's the thing. It's like going, man. That's quite the hill. Yeah, but yeah. it's you can navigate. You can do it. It's just obviously going to rely on the songs and uh, the breaks. Yeah, I think I think nowadays it's it's. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was a very outspoken individual to the point where. I had really gotten myself in trouble for being so outspoken. Um, and I had gone through some things in life where I had learned that being so outspoken may not have been the best choice. Um, when it came to burning personal bridges and, and hurting people that were around me. Um, and, there, and what I'm getting at is, is, is I, I have come to find out that people who are incredibly outspoken and push a lot of buttons and do a lot of things really get a lot of notoriety these days because that's the algorithm, right? Like it really, it really hits. Like when you trigger people and you, you push people's buttons, people talk about you, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's one of the things that I struggle with on a day-to-day basis, because I want to focus so much on, on music. And I want to focus so much on like being great at what I do musically that I really don't have the time to go out and push people's buttons or get into all these hot topics and do all these different things. And honestly, like I, I I'm kind of like I'm kind of like T-Rex from Toy Story. Where I'm like, I don't like confrontation. Like, that's kind of like where I'm at, like at this point in my life is like, I just, you know, I, I don't want the extra stress. So I'm trying to find, like you said, how do you evolve it from 300 tickets to 500 tickets, to 1500 to 2000 to 5000? And that's kind of what I've seen recently is the kind of common denominator outside of like, you know, being viral on TikTok or something like that. Um, but I mean, like, that's you know, that that's lightning in a bottle. Right. I mean, like, that's like, you know, when you look at like the success of like bad omens, like, like those dudes, 
uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we were probably the same size. They may even open for us. Who knows? You know I mean? We never played together. I'm sure they're great guys for great things, but like they had an amazing record. So they have, they have incredible music, but then you pair that together with the, the viral success that they had on TikTok, And now they're that band that you're talking about. They're mm-hmm. the three to 5,000 ticket band now, you know, and it's great to see, but it's like, again, that's a lightning in a bottle moment. And it's like, yeah. you know, how do you capture that without going and saying something like, you know, on, on the flip side of that coin is you got Ronnie Raggy and mm-hmm. falling in reverse. And Ronnie is, he's very outspoken and he pushes a lot of buttons and you agree with him or you don't agree with him, whatever. But I mean, again, he's got great music. So now you've got, you might not have the viral moment on TikTok, but you've got a guy who's being talked about everywhere and people are going, who the fuck is this guy? And then they go and they go back to his music and they go, oh, his fucking music's sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like those, those are the driving factors of how they drive people to their music. And it's like, it's almost like the music itself doesn't drive itself as hard as. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like you can you can definitely wear out your welcome quickly if you're like Radke, who just seems to want to put a mouth. It's not like he's asked these questions or whatever. He just kind of says these statements that it's just like no one. It wasn't warranted. He just put it out there. And it's, 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 it's it's a ploy. And it it does kind of wear you out when you're like, man, I'm just gonna let my music do the talking. Because you kind of go, what career do I want? Do I want a career that's like a crash and burn or I don't want a, a slow burn, right? Like I always yeah. tell people, like, you know, if I was a musician, I'd want Ben Harper's career. That guy can go do three cap, 3,000 cap rooms, wherever he plays, always on the o- opening for the Stones or whoever, whenever he feels like it. Just kind of like 25, 30 year, just cool, right? Because yeah. the music's always been the thing. Yeah, so I think I, there's... More than one way, though, you know, I think yeah. that's, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm mainly getting at, right? It's like you've got the Ronnie way uh, where he, you know, he's got a lot of hot button stuff. Tom McDonald does that stuff, too. Not quite yeah. as outspoken on on like social media as, as Ronnie is with his Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. But like in his music, it's very hot button, uh, you know, hot topic music. Um, so you got that one angle, but then you got the bad omens angle where they just made really, really, really good music that really attracted a particular type of person. And that particular type of person helped them go viral on a platform um, that people are known to go viral on, you know, and they, and, and they were already kind of embedded into the, to this, uh, to this touring world. And, and they had everything that those bands were doing beforehand. So like bad Omens is a great example of like, you know, you can be like you were saying earlier, like you can, you can have your TikTok success, but not know anything about the touring world. You know what I mean? And be like, Oh, mm-hmm. selling a piece of merch and trying to connect those things together. They already had that. So then yeah. they got that and then you put it together and it's a recipe for success, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, there's, there's definitely more than one recipe, but it's like, for me, I'm just sitting back going, what the hell is my recipe? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you know, I scratch my head almost on the daily. Um, Cause we've had multiple TikToks and reels and things like that go viral. Like, you know, so it's like, what's my recipe to sell the 3000 to 5,000 tickets. That's, that's the question. I don't think that anyone really has that answer. Mm-hmm. No, you just have to follow whatever this path is. You think whether you're ultra creative, like someone like ghost, right. kind of built this thing, just being creative, being yeah. mysterious. Yeah. It's about um, the world. Anyway, you slice it, dude. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but like, it's about what all you, what we're all talking about here is like, you have to have the songs and then you have to have the world, whether that's a negative space or an adventurous space or just a safe space. 
Mm-hmm. When there's that space, though, that you own, because it is undeniably your space, even if it you know mirrors some other things. But when when the people are in it the, that come to you, gravitate to you, then at that point, you you now you you now have. I don't think anybody should be thinking about three thousand, five thousand. I guess where I'm getting as is like you're in the right space, Matt, because when you're when you're worried about what this recipe is what happens is you kind of can you can uh you can water down the current recipe that you're working on you can right, start chasing yeah, yeah, yeah you can sure. serve a disgusting dish yeah, and then like nobody's person- coming back to your dinner party you know right 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 yeah for sure <laughs> i mean it's like you know it's like that one person who has like one viral video and then they just keep trying to recreate that same video over and over and over again it's not genuine uh-huh. so like you know you know you get lost in the chase and I, I certainly am not trying to get lost in the chase, but like, you know, the, the, the digital world is so starved for content and, you know what I mean? Like it's the 15 seconds of say, you know, of, of, uh, gratification. It's like it, to me, it, it, it's difficult because like, you know, you're a musician, you get it. So it's like, we can only write so many songs and <laughs> in, a, in such a period of time where it's like, you release 15 songs and then like a week later, it's like, yo, I'm ready for new from ashes to new music. It's like, bruh like man I can't, I can't i can't do it that fast plus i'm on a contract they wouldn't let me release it that fast if i tried you know plus, so you know that's funny you mentioned that because we talk about this before with other artists matt is like the idea now that is the album kind of slowly going away of the dropped single every month that way you can take a year to kind of drop just 12 songs and yeah, you're getting the next track next month so be patient and then you have to build people and conditioning them to like you're gonna get one song a month yeah. Right? And it's always going to be killer because you have a really, a, you can really nurture this song. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to, to Ronnie on this one. And like, you know, that's what he's done. He's released, you know, outside of, out of, outside of his personality and everything, he's released killer song after killer song and he hasn't released an album. Um, but that, that's the point is it's gotta be, the song has got to be that fucking good you know what i mean yeah. like it's got to be the song has got to be that good the visual has got to be that good the storytelling everything has got to be that good and you can see i mean he's doing 10 to 20 000 tickets or whatever you know what i mean so he i mean he's absolutely smashing and it's and again it all boils back to the music i mean it really does right i mean mm-hmm. so you know but i mean like that is a great recipe like the songs have to be that good though right because you can't like put out like one really good song and another pretty good song and then one that's just not that great and but i mean like you know as a writer and a producer or whatever like you kind of sit when you look at your work they're all great they're all your babies so you, you don't really know it's it's what the it's what the public is going to think of it right yeah um so i mean like for me every song that i've ever been in the in the creative process on it holds a special place in my heart so i think that they're all fantastic you know should be getting going platinum songs but I, that's really not up to me to determine you know so um, so it does boil down to the music. I do think that the single formula is really cool. Um, I would like to do it. It, is, it worked for us at the beginning of this album process. We released like almost 50% of the record before we put out the rest of it. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of other intangibles that come into play with that when it comes to like budgets for music videos and, you know, the things that a band of our size doesn't necessarily have to try and keep up with someone like, you know, like uh, Ronnie or, or Motionless and White or Ice Nine Kills, the bands that have been doing all these killer productions. Uh, you know, we want to keep up with them, but at the same time, like we've kind of got to build that. So 
And then there's also the business side of it where the record label doesn't want to do it that way. So then even if we wanted to, it wouldn't fucking matter. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. So there's that side of it as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. It's also a fucking terrifying <laughs> space, you know, like, uh, listen, I'm not jaded anymore, by the way, I spent a couple <laughs> of years in that area. Yeah. You know, I spent a couple of years feeling pretty jaded. Like, you know, why the hell do I do what I do when I'm not the one who controls it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I realized that being in that space was actually what was hurting me. So I decided that I was going to go back to just creating because I love to create. And that's how this record came about, you know, and that's how this record came to feel the way that this record came to feel. It wasn't just me, but it was also the team and, and looking to the guys and saying, Hey, you know, we've had we've had some success and we've had success yeah maybe to us it's not the ultimate success that we want or that we're looking for or or ultimately hoping to have but when you look at our success on our level and then you think about when you were in a local band like you would have fucking killed for that success and like i try to make them remember like why are we here why are we doing what we're doing are we doing it because we're trying to appease a record label are we doing it because we're trying to get the approval of a fan base are we doing it because we love it are we is that the reason because if that's the reason that's how we should continue to do it we should continue Mm -hmm. to do it for us and as long as we love it then other people are going to love it And, and we return to that man and it's it's Again, I'm not as jaded as I once was. I still have some some areas that I uh, feel a bit jaded on, but uh, music creation is not one of those areas. Fuck yeah! I was going to ask you what's 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 your def- the definition of success over time changes. What's your definition of success? Being where you're at right now and and slowly moving, or what is it? Um, longevity i think is my definition of success being able to do this until i can't physically do it anymore um and not having to be concerned if i'm going to be able to eat the following week or the following month knowing that uh knowing that you know what i'm doing is is resonating enough to where i can focus solely on the creative process and not have to focus on how i how i can boost my business up or how i you know, and putting myself out to the general public and how they're viewing me and my business and how I can grow it is just to create and be happy and create and be able to to spend time with my friends and my family and uh, and let the music speak for itself. I think that's I think boil it down right there. Let the music speak for itself. That's my definition of success. Well, then I got oh, yeah. a question for you, brother. Somebody gives you a billboard space for free. What do you put on it? This is, by the way, a segment called Walk the Plank, where you just oh, really? randomly okay. ask. So they give me a billboard space for free. What do I put yeah. on it? The question that I'm asking. Um, you. Honestly, I don't think that I put anything on it about my band, about my music. I don't okay. think I put anything on it about me. I think that I put a quote on it. Um, there would be multiple quotes, but I think that they would all they would all probably entail to something about believing in yourself or or just being yourself. Um, I think life's too short to try and be anything other than what you are. And it's too stressful to try and be something other than what you are. Fuck yeah. So like my grandmother would always tell me, um, stand tall, push forward and others will follow. That's it. Yeah. Like that, that's a, that's a pretty important quote to me. And she, she would, she would always like look at me. She's like, Matthew, put your shoulders back, hold your head up. And she was like, I stand up straight, hold your head up, be confident. And she would just (laughs) believe in yourself. Who cares? 
you know, just, you know, there's, there's so many people out there, as long as you just believe in yourself, like you'll get through it. So I think that's the most important thing. What was your grandma's name? Her name was May. May, May last name? Fernback. All right. So that's what goes on that fucking billboard, brother. Say it again one more time. Yeah. So stand tall, push forward and others will follow. May. What was the last name again? Fernback. Like Fern, Fern, like the plant and back, like you're back. Yeah. May yeah, Fern back. Tattooed on my arm, man. She's, she was uh, my biggest inspiration in life, man. She was, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that they'll ever make another person that, that good on this planet. Man. Oh, I love that, man. You know, the wisdom of elders never fails us. Yeah, never. dude. I, I hear that, man. I love, yeah. to, I love to listen to their stories and I love to, uh, to just pick their, pick their brains, man. They've been around. Oh, man, if we had to live some of their lives, our toes would curl. <laughs> they're already Fuck. curling thinking about it I, yeah. I think about that quite often I, I tell my son that i'm like dude just be happy you got clean drinking water <laughs> you could be in flint i'm yes very close to it, it oh, you, sorry you, yeah. know, you could be yeah, it, it, much different that's a yeah. rough situation that i don't have enough time to speak on right, right. right. so that's a whole new rabbit hole <laughs> uh man my question is this to you is pretty simple but what's your spirit animal <laughs> i don't know that I, I don't know a labrador retriever i don't know that's good. He's faithful. He's faithful and he's easy to pet. Yeah, they, they are. They are great. My, my right. stairs right now. I'm very surprised that he hasn't interrupted this. Now, my dog just came down just right now. Okay, so here's the last part of this then. I'm going to ask you a question that we got from last week's um, guest. Uh, then I'll tell you who it is after you give the answer. And then we're going to do the same thing. I'll get a question for you for next week's guest. We're just passing on the savings. Okay. So the All question right. is, what's the most gruesome thing you've had to eat on tour due to nothing being in close proximity? Due to nothing being in close proximity. Like you were I'm, like, I'm fucking I'm, starving. I'm really, I'm really bad with this, man, because I, I I won't eat if it's bad. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like if I just won't eat. Um, the grossest <laughs> thing that I've had to eat. I didn't. Uh, okay, so I didn't have to eat this, but. I'm going to try and make it a very short story. So we are in El Paso and I thought El Paso never been here before. They've got to have some seriously genuine Mexican food here. And I love Mexican food. So I asked the venue, where should I get some Mexican food? And they said, Chipotle. And I'm like, <laughs> Chipotle, what the fuck? Like, aren't we in El Paso right now? Shouldn't like, shouldn't you have some authentic place that's going to give me the best burrito I've ever had? So anyway, I decided, uh, Lance and I, we decided to get one from this place and it was, it was like fucking ketchup on a soggy burrito roll, dude. It was, it was the nastiest thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. So I didn't have to eat it. I ate it by choice. I didn't have to eat it. Um, but I was suggested not to, I would, (laughs) they did suggest to eat Chipotle, (laughs) which hindsight, I should have ate Chipotle. Oh fuck, that's great. So what? So now let me ask you. So that was oh, the question was asked by the band The Warning. Um, if you're familiar okay. with, it. Yeah, yeah, we had those three girls on um, a couple weeks prior to this. So now, what what would you like to ask? You can't know who they didn't know who this week's guest was, so you don't get to know who next week's guest is. It's just like a okay. Gym. What do you want to ask? Who's the greatest rapper of all time? Okay, dude, I love that. And why? Who and why? Can't just be like, oh, it's Tupac. Which, by the way, I walked into a furniture store one day and this guy goes, hey, man, you look like you rap. (laughs) I was just like wearing, 
I don't know, all black and a necklace or something. He's like, hey, man, you look like you rap. And I was like, weirdly enough, I do. So we got into like this hip hop discussion and he's a younger guy. And he's like, yo, he's like, who would you consider your top three? And I was like, well, I started with Tupac because I'd probably put Tupac at around two or three, depending on the day. Um, and he's like, oh, man, he's like, he's not even in my top 10. And I'm like, are we what are we talking about right now? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, like 21 Savage is probably like in my oh, top three. Jesus. And I'm like, I'm like, we can't even fucking talk anymore. dude. Yeah. Like The Little fact that yachty. you put Tupac in your top 10 and then you come back with 21 Savages in your top three. Yeah. That's like, we're not even not even the same. Who is this number one? Travis Scott. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, man. That's great, man. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, this, this was great. It's a good industry and inspiration conversation. It wasn't just like plugging the record, even though we are going to plug it. <laughs> but, I appreciate that. Everyone's yeah, just sitting in this conversation going, yeah, I fucking know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we, we just had a little therapy session here is all we did. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Matt, listen, you're going to be joining us, dude. You've been on a cruise ship before? What's that? Have you been, been on a cruise ship? before? Hmm? No, I'm terrified. This is awesome. Oh, I've seen the Titanic. So awesome. Love it. You're gonna love it, dude. Honestly, if you've never been on a cruise before, it's way different than you're expecting it to be. First of all, but second of all, the people on this boat are like the best. And not only are they like, you know, you you see them on the road. Uh, there's no way that you they don't come to your shows. You've seen Shiprock merch or whatever. That shit will just continue to grow. They're gonna you're gonna make. I mean, I have fucking like the closest friends in my life because oh, yeah. of this ship still to this day. You know, yeah. people I didn't yeah. know beforehand, just people on the ship. I think my yeah. biggest thing is is like I don't know, like the motion. Is that fine? Like how's that? And the ships are so stabilized and so modern. You don't even know you're on a ship. Okay. Well, if that's we good. hit if we hit certain waters, yeah, you're going to feel a slight little movement, but it's very rare that we run into anything like that. All right, so I should be good because yeah. I live in a bus most of the time. Yeah, um, way worse. Way worse well, yeah, dude, you'll, you'll feel the bus more than you ever will, especially yeah. on a city street when you're making those hard turns because you're only a quarter mile from the venue yet you just go <laughs> 500 miles without a scratch. That yeah, right. quarter mile is the one that kicks you in the ass. You get it, man. You get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> like an alley. So listen, this this uh, I, I, this episode will drop Monday after next. But uh, whoever does listen to that point, you guys will probably be getting ready to or in the midst of doing your blackout tour with the Word Alive and uh, catch catch your breath. And who else is on the road with you on that one? Echo, Echo. Okay, we wanted to bring the hip hop into it, man. Dude, so it is. You know what? That guy's got bars, dude. That dude's that dude can rap, and and he's one of those, you know, he's one of those underdogs, man. Like you listen to his songs, and you go, "How the fuck do people not know who this guy is?" Like, okay, he's 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 a a talented guy, man. So so we're excited to 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 mix it up because typically it's always like you know metalcore or like active rock or whatever. Like you know, now we've got now we've got the metalcore, we've got the active rock, we've got you know, like the, the more new age sound and stuff and, and the, and the rap and the hip hop, like the whole tour is, is kind of like, kind of like an ode back to like uh family values. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that shit when it feels like it's a fucking, like it's a poetic motion throughout the yeah. evening, you know? So. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You got to open the, your, I'll be the open the audience show. up too. you know, open the audience. Cause there, there might be some, some people who are into hip hop and they're going to go, Oh, I like that band at the top. 
they they did a bunch of hip hop style stuff. I so it's easy for me to pivot into that music and not just get killed with just being strict metal. So right, yeah, right, yeah. Matt, thanks, buddy. We have we've had you for an hour. Really appreciate your time. And uh, again, yeah, we look forward man. to having you guys on the cruise. And uh, the fans are stoked too. Uh, obviously, we look at the forums all the time and and see who they're looking forward to. So you guys are up there. So we appreciate it. I cannot wait to do it this time. Let's go. Awesome, man. Awesome. Let's Hell yeah. Don't worry about the motion. It's just the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you, man. That sounded like it should have been from like a Will Ferrell movie or something. <laughs> Probably Don't once. worry about the motion. It's just the ocean. <laughs> All right, awesome, fellas. gentlemen. Well, I appreciate you. Right, Take care, bud. I Stay safe, care, everybody. Safe have travels, a good night. Guys. See, ya. see you later. Bye. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>